This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the Internet at www.rri.ro channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn and via satellite Eurosat 16A on 11.512MHz vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east, symbol rate 29.950 mega symbols per second, standard DVB-S2, modulation 8PSK, audio PID 510. We wish you good reception conditions. Hello, I'm Lekamera Smyon with the news. The headlines. The number of Ukrainians who have taken refuge in neighboring Romania to flee the Russian troops has exceeded 1.4 million. After nine days of shows, street events and exhibitions, the International Theatre Festival in Sibiu comes to an end on Sunday. The Romanian tennis player Simona Halep will play on Monday in the round of 16 of the Grand Slam tournament at Wimbledon with the Spanish Paula Badosa. On July 2nd, within 24 hours at national level, 177,869 people entered Romania through the border point, out of whom 12,060 Ukrainian citizens, more by 4.7% than in the previous day. According to the Border Police General Inspectorate, 6,748 Ukrainian citizens entered Romania through the border crossing point with Ukraine by 18.5% more and through the one with the Republic of Moldova, 1,321 by 12.8% more. Since the invasion of Ukraine by the Russian troops until Saturday at midnight, about 1.4 million Ukrainian citizens entered Romania. The Ukrainian army and the Russian troops are involved in heavy battles for the city of Lysychansk, the last Ukrainian-controlled town in the Lugansk region of the Donbass coal basin in the east. Fortunately, the city is not surrounded and it is under the control of the Ukrainian army, said Ruslan Muzichuk, a spokesman for the Ukrainian National Guard. Earlier, Moscow-backed local separatists said the city had been completely surrounded. The fall of Lysychansk would allow the Russian army to advance towards Slavyansk, about 60 kilometers west, which is already under Russian artillery fire, and towards Kramatorsk, another large city in Donbass, which is bombarded daily. The Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says 2,610 Ukrainian villages and towns are under Russian occupation, and several hundred of them have been destroyed and will have to be completely rebuilt. The Ukrainian army, he says, has managed to free 1,027 localities. The Russian Defense Ministry spokesman Igor Konashenkov said that the enemy was suffering heavy losses on all fronts. After nine days of shows, street events, conferences and exhibitions, the International Theatre Festival in Sibiu in central Romania comes to an end on Sunday. 
The last day of the festival offers the public dozens of shows indoors and outdoors, and in closing, starting from 11.15 p.m., a show is scheduled on the city sky with over 200 drones, music, and lasers. The city state Philharmonic will hold the closing concert of the festival. The event takes place in the Great Square, where tens of thousands of people are expected. In parallel, the audience will be able to watch an aerial dance show by a Spanish-Argentinian company. On Saturday, a special moment took place in which four international personalities and two Romanians were honored. The late Romanian actor Ion Karamitru, the German choreographer Sasha Waltz, the Polish director Krzysztof Warnikowski, the famous cellist Gert Teutsch, born in Sibiu and settled in Berlin for over 50 years, the French-Belgian playwright Eric Emanuel Schmidt and the German director Klaus Spemann now have a star on the Star Alley in the Citadel Park in Sibiu. The Spanish player Paula Badosa will take on the Romanian Simona Halep on Monday in the round of 16 at the Wimbledon Tennis Tournament. After passing on Saturday, the Czech player Petra Kvitova at the end of two very balanced sets. In turn, Halep qualified after a clear victory 6-4, 6-1 against the Polish Magdalena Frech. On April 30th, the Romanian player defeated Badosa 6-3, 6-1 in the second round of the WTA 1000 tournament in Madrid. Badosa never passed the round of 16 at Wimbledon, reaching the stage at last year's edition. A former world leader, Halep won the London tournament in 2019 and one year before the one at Roland Garros in France. Romania's national rugby team left for Uruguay, where it'll play on July 10th and 17th in Montevideo, two test matches against the host country's team. On Friday, Romania was defeated by the Italian national team 45-13 in a test match held in Bucharest. The Romanians are qualified to the 2023 Rugby World Cup, which will take place in France. Romania will play in Group B and will have matches in Bordeaux and Lille alongside South Africa, Ireland, Scotland, and a team from the Asia-Pacific area that will obtain qualification. Since the inaugural tournament in 1987, Romania has participated in all the editions of the World Cup, except for 2019, when, although it had qualified on the field, it was disqualified for using a naturalized player from Tonga, even though he did not meet the eligibility criteria, and that's the news. This is Radio Romania International Broadcasting from Bucharest. Sunday Show Hello, dear friends, this is Mihaela Ignatesco welcoming you to a fresh installment of Sunday Show, the program that brings you a brief selection of some of the most popular shows we have broadcast for you over the past week. Our history show, Promemoria, featured the great 19th century Romanian explorer Iulio Popper. Nicknamed the last conquistador, king of Patagonia, alchemist, dictator, the Baron of Tierra del Fuego, 
The engineer explorer Yulu Popper was born in Bucharest on December the 15th, 1857, and died on June the 5th, 1893, of unknown causes in Buenos Aires at the age of only 35. He graduated from the Polytechnic School and the School of Bridges and Roads in France, where he qualified as a mining engineer. Besides his attraction to science and technology, Popper had a great talent for languages and he learned to be fluent in no less than seven foreign languages. Shortly after finishing school, the young engineer got his first job at the Suez Canal. He continued to travel around the Middle East and the Far East until 1881, when he came back to Romania. After spending a short period of time at home, he set out for Asia again and eventually made it to Alaska, the USA and Canada. From there, he went to Cuba and Mexico, where he found jobs as engineer, geographer, cartographer and journalist. In 1885, while in Brazil, Popper learned about the gold rush in Tierra del Fuego and set out for Argentina, where his Patagonian adventure was about to begin. With support from a geological survey company, Popper made it to Tierra del Fuego. Upon his comeback, he presented the company with a convincing report and in 1886 he was sent back with the assignment to conduct ampler researches in the region. He was accompanied by another engineer and an entire team of experts in mining and metallurgy. His report was right. The sand on the coasts of Tierra del Fuego had more gold than Patagonia itself. Popper's team took a lot of photos, made measurements and drew up maps. In 1887, he made it to the Gulf of San Sebastian, where he built gold washing machines and barracks for the workers. The camp built by the Romanian explorer also included a building for the company's board. Popper managed to form a small force ready to deal with the adventurers attracted by the gold rush. Unfortunately, the company funding the enterprise went bankrupt and Popper had to return to Argentina in 1889. The Center for Studying the History of the Jews in Romania has acknowledged the personality of Popper through an exhibition during which curator Anka Tudorancia presented a series of exhibits, some of which very special. Morite sunt cadre din acest album fotografic din 1886. What we have here are the magnified photos of the 1886 album, which was meant to illustrate the exploration of the Tierra del Fuego. This is actually the first photo report of the region, and from the scientific, cartographic, and geographic points of view, a tremendous success achieved by the mining engineer Julio Popper. This album also includes a text of the scientific conference he held at the Argentinian Geographic Institute in 1887. Popper died young at 35. His last scientific initiatives 
being the exploration of Antarctica. Right on the day of his death, he got the green light for an expedition to Antarctica. Yuliu Popa was the first Romanian to have travelled five continents. There are places in Argentina with Romanian names, like for instance Rio Carmen Silva, Sierra Carmen Silva, Urechia, Lahovari, Rossetti. These were the names given by Yuliu Popa. In 1887, Popper wrote to Vasile Alexandrescu Urechia, the secretary of the Romanian Geographic Society, about the satisfactions he had as an explorer, which were even more intense than the luring gold deposits. I am lost for words in my attempt to describe the emotions I feel during the adventures I experience while on a trip, where the only guidance you can get is from the magnetic needle of a compass or the starry sky at night. The grandiose, breathtaking views the visitor suddenly encounters, the chained orographic, hydrographic or geological phenomena we are witnessing, the varied flora and fauna miraculously popping up in places where no man has gone before, so many natural phenomena in this region where civilization is still in its infancy. Curator Anka Tudorancha has also referred to the complex personality of this explorer. Popper is a very interesting subject in all his aspects, and at a certain point we must also deal with both negative and positive aspects. For instance, people want to know if he was blonde or red hair. Because of stereotypes, he is being represented as a red-haired individual, but Rubio means blonde. And because in the past 10 years of his life he spoke and wrote in perfect Spanish, we must speak a little bit of Spanish to understand this Romanian explorer. He sent extraordinary letters to the Romanian Geographic Society, letters of great patriotism, in which he said, I am a Romanian, was born Romanian, and I am going to die Romanian. One of the most worrying social phenomena has for long been bullying. In Romania, it took many years before a law was passed against harassment and aggression in schools. We approach this topic in Society Today. You are listening to Radio Romania International. After many years of debates between authorities, NGOs and parents, in 2019, a law passed against harassment and aggression in schools. Its methodology of enforcement was published only in May 2020, during the early pandemic, which made things much harder. In spite of that, children and educators did not sit idle and continued to find ways of combating bullying. One of the most recent such activities took place at the Children's Forum, a project of the Save the Children organization, already in its 20th year. In fact, the project provides a context that offers the children the possibility of expressing their point of view regarding the issues they identify in their schools. In addition, this is an original project because the opinions and recommendations provided by children are sent to the authorities that are enabled to act on them. 
In 2020, the Children's Forum met around the International Children's Day, and Mariana Moraru, one of the coordinators of the forum, talked to us about it. It took place in Bucharest, where we gathered 100 children from 14 counties, including Bucharest, who focused on the issue of bullying. Even though we have a law that provides that children in schools would not be facing such phenomena, or that they would have available the mechanisms to manage them, Unfortunately, reality shows that there are still issues with such unfavorable interactions between children. On June the 1st, the International Day dedicated to children, the Save the Children organization published a study showing that one of two children is exposed to one form or another of physical or emotional violence, even sexual. It is a study that shows us the magnitude of the phenomenon and also shows us that the number of verbal and social aggression events is staying the same, if not rising. In 2017, we had another study dedicated to bullying, involving about 1.3 million children. That study showed that about 400,000 kids were subject to various forms of bullying and cyberbullying, while 200,000 of them were subject to physical violence. Unfortunately, bullying in all its forms is more present than ever, and the pandemic period definitely had an impact on the increase in the number of cases of bullying. Even though the figures are worrying, the increased number of reported cases surely has to do with the existence of the anti-bullying law itself and with the fact that more and more parents, teachers, and students are more and more encouraged to report this phenomenon. Here is once again Mariana Moraru from Save the Children. It is true that this law has an important role in the increasing number of bullying cases getting reported. It is a good thing that they are getting reported, However, experience tells us that this is not sufficient. No law was ever sufficient to improve the reality in any system. What is needed is for people to have the necessary support to implement the measures provided by the law. Based on the experience we gathered by working closely with schools during this school year, I realized that we need better information for school staff as well as for parents and students regarding the causes of bullying and its effects, and especially the ways in which we can intervene directly. There is a lot of fear on the part of young people regarding intervention and reactions they should have in case they are involved in bullying cases, in one form or another. We asked Mariana Moraru what proposals were made by the young people involved in the Children's Forum to reduce this phenomenon of aggression. First of all, the children believe that it is very important to have priorities regarding the measures which contribute directly to improving school climate. They also found ideas to help the collaboration between the government, ministries and organizations, all with the aim of turning education communities into safe education communities. 
the categories of proposals submitted by children were based on the need for adults, but also for young people in schools, to enjoy social and emotional support. Our practical discussions focused around this idea, that of the need for emotional support, and children tried to identify the way in which emotional support could be offered by different levels of authorities in the Romanian state. The children were listened to, and with the help of moderators that accompanied kids when interacting with authorities, they emphasized the fact that this is an event that is mainly about children's participation. It emphasized the fact that they should express their needs. Even though there is opening on the part of authorities, it is a bit harder when it comes to putting into practice the proposals that children have. Therefore, the children were provided with the possibility of expressing their opinion and be listened to by the people in the ministry and the school inspectorates. We also have to bear in mind that there will be a while until these proposals will be put into practice. The beautiful Stork House in Bucharest is hosting an exhibition titled From Kaliakra to Balchik, an incursion into the work of artist Cecilia Cuțescu Stork, one of the biggest Romanian artists in the interwar period. We told you more about that in Cultural Event. Balchik, a town on Bulgaria's Black Sea coast, formerly Romanian territory until 1940, and the region of quadrilaterals served as the main inspiration for fine artists in the period between the two world wars. These places used to bring together renowned artists, maestros and apprentices alike, as the area was famous for its special light, the breathtaking picturesque landscapes, and also because the place served as the summer residence of Queen Maria of Romania, patron of arts back in the day. And because it is summer, and summer has always been associated with the sea and seaside by most of the Romanians, the Museum of the City of Bucharest, MMB, has prepared an exquisite exhibition on its storehouse premises entitled From Cape Caliacra to Balchik, a retrospective of the works made by one of the most important women artists back in the interwar period, Cecilia Cuțescu Stork, 1879-1969. Here is Elena Olariu, Deputy Director of the Museum of the City of Bucharest. We have inaugurated this exhibition devoted to the trips of Cecilia Cuțescu Stork, but not any trips, only those she made to Balchik and its surroundings. The exhibition is called From Cape Caliacra to Balchik, and I believe that many have visited these marvelous places. There are works of drawing and painting on view, preserved and recently restored. We decided to put these on display for visitors, and there are also images depicting the artist's house in Balchik. In case you didn't know, they used to have a beautiful mansion there, fitted with a big workshop, which was often visited by Queen Marie and members of the royal house. The mansion was close to the Queen's residence, and the artist painted this residence from several angles. We can see this residence when it was smaller and after it developed significantly. We are seeing landscapes here as the artists traveled a lot. She didn't stay in that villa and didn't meet the Romanian elite or the artists only there, as we know that many of them migrated to Balchik to be close to the Queen, as she was known to be a real patron of the arts and young artists. 
Cecilia Kutescu's talk used to also roam the Tatar villages there as she enjoyed very much the picturesque authenticity of those places and people. Many of her novel paintings have been displayed for the first time now. Here in the marvelous storehouse we have a special room with paintings specially devoted to Balchik. There lies a recently restored bust of Queen Marie made by Friedrich Stork, which speaks volume of the friendly relations between the two families. Friedrich Stork was involved in staging the exhibitions of the young artists, an organization which had the Queen as its patron. We have lots of restored works, including a bust of King Carol I, who had a special relation with Friedrich's father. The mansion is also spectacular and the exhibition is right in the artist's workshop, which, in my opinion, is the most beautiful and spectacular workshop in the interwar period. Cecilia was an ambitious painter who turned her house into a place where all the Romanian aristocracy used to gather, invitees from abroad, all art lovers. We also want to put all these restored works on view in this exhibition and hopefully the City Hall and the present owners of the house may reach an agreement on this issue. And now to end today's edition of Sunday Show, we invite you to listen to the hit of the day, My Love, performed by DJ Project featuring Ana Banicu. Nu, nu vreau să plec.
coming up next in the program Romanian without tears Hello and welcome to Romanian without tears our Romanian language lesson with me Kalinkotsoy Now that lockdown restrictions have relaxed in many places we thought we would take a trip to the theater. And let's start with the basics. Theater. Teatro. Tickets. Bilete. Seats. Locuri. Stage. Scena. Box. Balcon. Stage design. Scenografie. Director. Regizor Playwright Dramaturg Actor Actor Curtain Cortina Excellent! And now let's see some simple sentences. Today we're going to the theater. Astăzi mergem la teatru. I already got tickets. Am luat deja bilete. Let's find our seats. Hai să ne găsim locurile. I got seats next to the stage. Am luat locuri lângă scenă. I would have preferred box seats. Aș fi preferat locuri la balcon. The stage design is very original. Scenografia e foarte originală. I know the director. Îl cunosc pe regizor. This is a young playwright. Acesta este un dramaturg tânăr. This is a very good actor. Acesta este un actor foarte bun. The curtain went up. S-a ridicat cortina. Great! That's all the time we have for today's lesson. Keep practicing and meet you next time on Romanian Without Tears. Focus on Romania. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Welcome to All That Jazz with me, Lecramera Simeon. Today you'll be listening to Jazz Improvisation by pianist Ianci Karashi, a remarkable personality of Romanian jazz. A pianist, composer, arranger and teacher, Ianci Karoshi lived between December 26, 1926 and January 21, 2013. He did not have musical studies at an official institution, but he was a great self-taught musician. He entered the world of jazz at the age of 19, promoting young talents in the field from the first years. A true headmaster of local jazz, Ianci Karoshi remains the creator who proposed and materialized in sound six decades ago 
the idea of reformulating in the jazz language the rhythms specific to Romanian folklore. This happened long before the style and word ethno became a common concept in jazz. He was also one of the first jazz men in the country to cultivate the freestyle. In 2013, the year when Ian Cicaroshi passed away, the 2012 Jazz Awards Gala, which took place on April 7, 2013, took place under the sign of the exceptional figure of this great musician. And just a few days before, the valuable saxophonist Nicolas Simeon, a friend and old collaborator of the pianist Jan Cicaroshi, released an exceptional double album at the radio hall called Jan Cicaroshi American Impressions and Romanian Landscapes. The two CDs comprised 31 songs, the first including unique pieces from the universal music literature, and the second one, the own creations of the great pianist, mostly inspired by Romanian folklore. Some of the cuts were performed by the maestro in a series of recitals held in October 1972 at the Concert Hall of Georgia Atlanta State University and the others in a well-known club in Atlanta in 1975, when the pianist lived and worked in that city. Listen now to the piece Peasant Dance, Village Dance, recorded live during a recital at the Atlanta Jazz Club in 1975.
Yanchi Karashi was born in Cluj, northwest, on December 26, 1926, and died in Bucharest on January 21, 2013. In 1968, the pianist first emigrated to Germany, then settled in the U.S. Atlanta, Georgia, and returned home in Romania for the last years of his life. Yanchi Karashi would always be considered a pioneer of jazz piano music in Romania being the one who introduced, for the first time, stylized elements of Romanian folklore in the jazz genre. He recorded the first LP of jazz in Romania, and he processed, in jazz, for the first time, the music of the great Romanian composer Georgenescu. For the end of all that jazz, we chose Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head, a famous song composed by the American pianist and composer Bert Baccarat. For this song, the famous pianist Yanchi Karashi created a version in a very fast tempo, combining pre-classical and classical styles, citing not only the theme of Baccarat's song, but also themes from well-known works by Mozart, The Little Serenade, and Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, respectively. Enjoy that piece. Thank you. 
Living Romania. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. In the spotlight. Hello, dear friends, and welcome to a new edition of our weekly feature in the spotlight. This is Daniel Beals to the microphone. While attending the G7 summit in Munich, the US President Joe Biden announced $14 million worth of funds for Romania. The money is designed to finance the preliminary stages for the small modular reactors developed in a partnership with the USA. Romania will be the first country in Europe to use this American technology. This will help us reach zero emission faster, more cheaply and more efficiently. The US government has contributed in advance to the development of this innovative technology to strengthen European energy security and create thousands of jobs in Romania and the USA. Romania intends to become a regional SMR production and operation hub and aims at building the first unit by 2030, the Romanian authorities announced last autumn after announcing the signing of the agreement at the COP26 summit in Glasgow. Ensuring energy security is a shared goal of the US-Romanian strategic partnership, President Klaus Johannes said. During a news conference on energy hosted by Bucharest in late May, the US Chargé d'Affaires, David Muniz, said that the recent price surges and supply disruptions across the continent demonstrate that Europe must find trusted sources of clean and reliable energy. Deepening and accelerating our cooperation on nuclear energy is a major priority for the US-Romania strategic partnership. Recent price surges and supply disruptions across the continent demonstrate that Europe must find trusted sources of clean and reliable energy sources free of coercion and malign political influence. The United States is especially proud to stand with our Romanian partners as they pursue a first-of-a-kind deployment of SMRs, a technology that was developed um, in the U.S. and is championed by the Department of Energy. This American technology was developed and will be used under the highest standards of safety and security, enabling true international collaboration without increased risk for our allies and partners. Workshop participants will learn how the U.S. government teams with Romania and our other European allies to facilitate our shared migration to cleaner, more sustainable, and more independent energy strategies. We are also collaborating with the Ministry of Energy on an SMR simulator to be placed at a host institution in Romania. This will provide a tangible demonstration of the way forward with this technology. In partnership with the United States, Romania plans to double its nuclear energy capacity in the coming decade. We recognize how essential nuclear energy, including SMRs, will be in providing low emission power to meet growing demand and achieve climate-related goals. So again, very excited about SMRs and their potential to provide alternative and reliable clean energy. We're very pleased to see practical discussions taking place among government, industry, and other stakeholders to advance its deployment. 
I anticipate many other countries will be soon be joining our ranks as this critical project moves forward. Also attending the conference in Bucharest, the U.S. Deputy Secretary of Energy, David Turk, has identified three crises affecting the energy sector at international and regional levels. When I think about where we're at with energy right now, it's useful, I think, to put it in some context where we're really dealing with three crises all at the same time when it comes to energy. First of all, we have the climate crisis, which has been a crisis for quite some time, but all the latest evidence shows that we need to deal with such a sense of urgency on the decarbonization side. And again, credit to Romania, other governments for stepping up on that front. On top of that, then we had the COVID crisis, which not only had huge health impacts, but threw energy markets out of whack. Oil, natural gas, demand and supply thrown out of whack, still out of whack, and a lot of supply chain issues as well that we're still dealing with, a lot of the affordability challenges we're dealing with right now. And then you put on top of that a third crisis that Romania is certainly dealing with, other countries in the region dealing with, and that is uh, President Putin's naked aggression, let's call it for what it is, uh, in the Ukraine, not only causing immense human suffering in the Ukraine, uh, in the region, but really having some significant challenges. I don't need to tell you this, Mr. Minister, and all that you're dealing with and other ministers in the region with the energy challenges that we're facing. Um, and the U.S. looks forward to working with Romania, other countries in the region, hand-in-hand hand on all three of these crises. According to the U.S. official, when we are talking about energy security, we are talking actually about affordability, national security, economic and climate security. And I think that as we look at all three of these crises, uh, it really demonstrates to me that when you're talking about energy security, you're talking about affordability, national security, economic security, and climate security, uh, all are linked. You don't have the luxury, I don't think, Mr. Minister, as a minister, to deal with only one crisis or one challenge. You've got to deal with all of them and be smart about all of them at the same time. And I think we have a real choice in front of us, and we look forward to working with Romania with other countries on that choice. We can remain uh, vulnerable to the menace of petro-dictators uh, and climate change, or we can step up, working within our countries, working in collaborative settings like the PTEC Forum uh, today, and diversify our energy sources, scale up clean energy, and meet all these needs, affordability, security, sustainability, and all requiring, I think, committed true partnerships uh, I like to think the U.S. is a partner that is a partner in times of good and partner in times of challenge, a partner that respects countries' ability to determine their own futures. That's democracy. That's self-determination. That's how partners, true partners, should be. And I think we need that kind of collaboration if we're going to be successful dealing with all three of these crises, all three of these challenges uh, at the same time. And it's why efforts like this PTEC cooperation are so important. PTEC is an opportunity for the United States, Romania, Bulgaria, countries around Central and Eastern European to come together to have honest, actionable conversations on issues from cybersecurity, grid modernization, clean energy deployment. Nuclear energy is a source of zero carbon power, 24-7 reliable base load power. It is reliable and effective. Here is Deputy Secretary of Energy David Turk again at the microphone. 
I think we need to roll out on all of these clean energy technologies as quickly as we possibly can. Candidly, if we had more offshore wind, if we had more wind onshore, if we had more solar, if we had more clean hydrogen, if we had more EVs, if we had more hydropower, if we had more storage, you name the clean energy technology, if we had more of that in the system right now, we'd not only have better affordability, we'd certainly have better sustainability, but I would argue very strongly that we'd have better energy security and countries to be able to uh, dictate their own energy futures going forward. And one of those technologies we're deploying domestically in very ambitious terms is nuclear energy. And one of those uh, technologies we think there's real opportunity and promise in countries, certainly Romania and other countries in the region. It's a source of zero carbon power 24-7, reliable baseload power. It's safe, reliable, effective. It already powers a fifth, 20% of our electricity right now in the U.S., about a, a quarter of that in the EU, more, uh, more broadly. So we're investing it in domestically. We're actually investing $10 billion outside of our normal budget processes on advancing nuclear, including small modular reactors, to try to get that incredibly, incredibly important technology as quickly as we can at scale around the world and certainly here in Romania uh, and in the region. Um, and it's uh, all too appropriate, I have to say, that we had this meeting here in Bucharest uh, because Romania is really leading the way in showing outstanding leadership, uh, in particular on SMRs, but more broadly on the nuclear side of things. It's that kind of vision and forward thinking that we need right now and we need to plan for the future and put in place the opportunities for small modular reactors, advanced reactors, safe reactors uh, going, uh, going forward. And I certainly saw that through the government, all my government meetings uh, today. U.S. Deputy Secretary of Energy David Zirk has wrapped up today's edition of our weekly feature in the spotlight. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International... Simply Folk. Nicolae Sabo was an extremely gifted vocalist born in Maramureș, one of the most beautiful regions in Romania, which boasts an outstanding musical heritage. Here he is now on the microphone with a love song the artist recorded in the year 1968. Yeah. Uh -huh. 
And with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next programme for Western Europe at 1700 hours UTC on 9760 kHz in the DRM system and on 11850 kHz in analog system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programmes tomorrow at 1100 hours UTC on 15.320 and 17.670 kHz. We can also be heard on the Internet at www.ri.ro. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at ri.ro. Goodbye. <laughs>